0: A very good morning once again, and welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast Summer Show. Will Davies and Mac Burke with you. We do have the Summer Show for the rest of this week, and then Loz and Clarkey back on Monday, January 22, to start the year in earnest, and the show will return to its 5.30 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time start. So the extra half hour, um, plenty of football to rip into for them right through the year, and a huge 2024, the Paris Olympics. Mm. Coming up, And we'll look forward to chatting to Deputy Chef de Mission, one of Loz's favourite positions in world sport. Ken Wallace, an Olympic gold medalist himself, and he'll be involved with Adam Ears and the entire Australian Olympic team. Um, should be a great Games in Paris. We we'll look forward to that and we'll get an update from Ken. Also about the Youth Olympics, which start this week mm. in Gang 1. A lot of great winter sport continuing. The Harnicam is this weekend, one of the great downhill ski races of the world, but... A bit closer to home, we'll chat with Stu Clark very soon about all things cricket. Uh, Heroes and Villains on oh four one nine seven six seven two seven two. The Big Bash is a hero of mine. Uh, I love it. I think it's great. Entertainment, uh, good cricket. Great performances, David Warner making it on uh, on Friday. Uh, we did get a text, I think, before, didn't we? Hi, gents, is it true? Dave Warner has been nominated for <laughs> Brother of the Year. Um, we will get to Stu very soon, but just quick, I, I sort of flipped People both ways. Good. Well, we're chatting to Josh on Friday about it. Like, wouldn't he just want to enjoy the wedding? He's retired from the Test arena, but then you think, well, he still made the wedding. He's contracted to play with Sydney Thunder. But first and foremost, you, you're contracted to play
1: your sport. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. And, and if, if big you, effort. Uh, now, it, it is a big effort but if you're if you're putting a wedding on the day of sport mm. um, uh you know you've 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 and and that's your role yeah. you go and and obviously do the wedding or the or, or the whatever the activity is uh-huh. but if you're playing sport you play sport because yeah. you know, you're contracted there yeah. you know and, and i mean well done that he could get from one space to the other all it indulgently uh, with a helicopter yeah but it may not. I mean, I'm, and I'm not trying to get on a small violin here. But I've missed, you know, from when I first started, 18th, 21st. All of you, right? Like that's that's
0: the unseen Absolutely, side of it, yeah. Yep.
1: And and you don't and you don't and you do um, blow up about it. It's just one of those things. Actually, the boys, uh, you know, on the WhatsApp group, there's a photo the other day. It was like all the boys, and I said, "Oh, is that is that Riverside Oaks? You know, back in the day." And he goes, "No, that was the Bucks." And I went, "Well, I wasn't on that. No. I was, you know, away." So, yeah. Um, you know, you, you, it, it's your poison chalice. You pick, uh, you, you pick what you want to do. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another
0: one on the text line. Villain is the Socceroos. A win's a win, but can't see where the goals are coming from. Hero is all of the different sport. Enjoying the chaos at this time of year. And a tip today, Packers to cover the line versus Dallas and Ra St. Brown to score a touchdown. That's uh, Billy from Newey. So Armin Russell-Brown, I think he's referring to in the in the match afterwards. That's the Lions and the Rams. Uh, and then the first kickoff between the Packers and Dallas. So Billy from Newey, thanks for that one. We'll have a look at plenty more text through the morning. But very pleased to say Stu Clark joins us this morning. Stu, still a fair bit of cricket going on. The Test match starts this week. The Big Bash finals are just about set. Uh, how are you? How did you enjoy the weekend's cricket?
2: Morning, boys. Look, I've listened to one of your texts. There's plenty, there's so much sport going on. Cricket's one thing, but uh, yeah, every time you turn on the TV, there's another event, the Australian Open, whatever it may be. But the big bash coming towards the end, and then uh, a little bit of people, a lot of people talking about what are we going to get out of the West Indies starting on Wednesday. They
0: wrapped up their CA11 match. They declared both innings. Is that a good sign for the batting, or you can't read too much into it from a Wendy's perspective because of the youth and relative inexperience of the
2: CA11? It's positive they didn't all get out. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good thing to say. Um, you know, so they were bowled out for 100 hundred and hundred, but all sitting here going, "Oh God, what are we going to get?" Um, but look, it's a different kettle of fish when you come up against Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins, and Lyon. Yeah. To what you got in the sea. and yeah. really good young cricketers coming through that uh, the system and through that team. But look, there's a long way between that and uh, international cricket. But that said, look, a time in the middle, they had a good in it, they had a good hit out. Um, can they translate that into a uh, into a test match on a hopefully a good Adelaide wicket?
1: What about the Australian front, uh, Clarkey, Travis Head? Point to prove after perhaps not uh, excelling as well he would like to against Pakistan from that especially from that World Cup uh, only uh, a couple a couple of uh, weeks earlier, uh, and then also the new recruit at the top of the order. What what do we expect <laughs> from those two guys?
2: It's interesting. Tavis Head, after the World Cup, he came out and, you know, he was talking the town and couldn't do anything wrong. But yeah. he had a very, very lean test series. And, look, he, he got knocked over in, um, in Melbourne by an absolute gaffer and probably didn't get the greatest decision in Sydney. So a few things just didn't quite go his way. So home test for him in Adelaide. He'll be looking to, you know, score big when he gets a chance to bat. Probably going to bat at five, I'm, I'm hearing. But, you know, whether he bats four or five, who knows. Um, and then the, the question mark around Smith, what, what does this all look like? Because sort of, I was listening to his press conference yesterday and, you know, new challenge and something score a bit quicker. And, you know, he said all the right things. You wouldn't expect anything less from a, from a professional like Stephen. But, oh, look, it, there's so many questions unanswered. Look, who is who anyone to question, you know, arguably Australia's greatest ever player? If you look at statistically and people have their own opinion on that, whether it's Ponting or whoever, you know, behind Bradman, but, you know, when you're averaging 58 and you want to do something different, well, I'm going to back you because you're, you've earned the right to do that. Um, whether it's the West Indies that challenges him, whether it's India next year or whatever it may be, it's, there's so many stories that can come out of this that you don't quite know what the answer is going to be. It's uh, it's like one of those, you know, find, you know what is it, find away books you get, you know, you can take a different twist <laughs> and a turn. It's, it's a bit like that because who knows what we're going to get.
1: Uh, here's, the, here's the scenario. Uh, I give you the new ball as an opening bowler. How do you uh, attack Steve Smith uh, from the out uh, when, he's, um, when he's opening the batting?
2: Um, I think this is one of, the, one of the things that teams have got better with and why he's probably not having as much success. Um, they've really, really worked hard with Smith on how to, how to try and get him out. And one of the plans is to not let him score so he gets frustrated and does something a bit different. So I think they'll want to be, you know, not bowling um, too many balls at the stumps. And and that sounds a bit odd because he sort of steps in front of the stumps and you feel like you're going to get him out every LBW, every ball. But he rarely ever misses one these days. And when he does, yeah, okay, he's out. But um, I think they'll go with just very, very stock standard um, top of off summer. I know that sounds a bit cliched and boring, but... That's what they'll do to him. But what they'll try to do is stop him from scoring because he wants to try and dominate the game or try and take the game on. And if he can't, then he starts to invent new and different type shots as we saw in Sydney where he walked down the wicket and tried to chip it over the top of the fielders because it was in a unique spot. And I think it's pretty simple with Smith that don't let him score and he'll find a way to get out.
0: Further to your point last week in terms of the way the opening batting role has changed... Interesting to hear Smith say, similar to what you were just talking about, that batting at four, he was finding he had to face a lot more bowling to score his runs because the ball would get a bit softer. The field was a bit more spread, whereas he thinks his scoring rate is going to increase opening the batting because the fielding will be a little bit more attacking, the field placements rather. The ball will be new, slightly more attacking bowling. Do you think that he's on the money with that, that he has more opportunity to score, or do you think they'll just adjust their plans?
2: Oh, they they will try and get him out. So rather than having, you know, two slips or one slip, they'll have three slips. And, you know, you see that a lot on... They'll, they'll attack, so there's more spots through cover or wherever it may be. But I think to counter that, they will try to attack him for an over or two, mm-hmm. but then they'll become a little bit more defensive mm-hmm. um, because that seems to be the way he gets out. And if you looked at his modes of dismissal, they come on the back of a lot of dot balls. So... With Smith, I think that'll become a bit of a plan to him that uh, even you know, if you think about the Neil Wagner bowling short to him, he, he couldn't score. So he found a way to get out. And that's sort of the... that Look, that's a very basic way the game is played. But Smith, because he can score and he's got so many ways of scoring, whether it's through the onside or using his hands or coming down the wicket or whatever it may be, that it's almost defensive to be attacking.
1: Uh, clarky Seven Test matches this year uh West indies coming up New Zealand after that for a couple over there uh, this team we saw them you know wipe uh, Pakistan albeit competitive uh is this team just too good at the moment or are, are we i mean how competitive do these other teams have to be to uh, to give um, a, a run for their money for this australian team um, In saying that are the West indies' going to be able to provide something that's going to have some kind of a show <laughs> Look,
2: australian teams when you've had when you when you get a bunch of blokesmen playing together and they're all about 30 usually means they've been together for a long period of time um they're very very good obviously the bowling attack's very good um smith lava shane obviously warner gore now mitchell marsh coming back into that team kwadja you know scored over a thousand runs last year so um the team itself very very good so no matter who they play against with the exception of india and india um probably gonna beat every other team around the world quite comfortably um as for the West Indies, I, I'm, I'm really hoping it's a series a bit like the Pakistan series where we didn't quite know what we were going to get. We were all worried it was going to be a blowout to Australia, win by a lot of runs and all the rest of it. But it wasn't that at all. It was more a you know a real grind for Australia with Pakistan having a lot of opportunities. I hope the West Indies do the same. They're, from all reports out of the, the CA game, um, they've got a team of Roaches there, but he's probably in the twilight of his career. But uh, I think it's Joseph, one of the Joseph boys, bowls quite quickly, so it'll be good to see a West Indian run in and bowl fast. That'll bring back some great memories mm-hmm. for for a lot of us that, you know, lived through the, the sheer nightmare that was um, the uh, <laughs> the 80s <laughs> for all those blokes that used to bat against those guys, goodness gracious. Um, hey, mate, can I jump in for a second about your bat? What did you bat, 11? Nah, no, nine, be be nine, 9 and 10. you will be better than that, 9 and 10. No, 9 like, and 10. But only, I was a kid and we had to play somewhere. Against Ambrose and Walsh, it was like a academy game or something. I remember second level; they were just having a warm up game, and yeah. I was chosen. And i I didn't. They didn't try to be fair, so I don't think they were that interested. But I can't remember. I just can't remember not sleeping for the week. But the worst one for me was I was I was I was a kid. I was about sixteen or seventeen. and I got picked in first grade for the first time. Well, I was going to get picked and. Uh, we were playing Waverley, and the year it was here. Malcolm Marshall was playing for Waverley. Wow! And I, I still to this day look, I regret it now because you know it would have been a great experience. But I can still remember that week leading into it. I did not sleep a wink because this guy I had watched on TV for about fifteen years, he was yeah. just getting the world out. You're hundred Test wickets, mm. and here was this little kid, seventeen year old from Sutherland, that was going out to face him. It was. Just, it's just. A, it's like a recurring nightmare in my head.
1: Is, is is it is there a gentleman's agreement between uh, uh, fast bowlers? In saying that, though, um, no, from um, <laughs> not
2: anymore. They no, used to not anymore. <laughs> not not anymore. Well, that last uh, test in
1: Sydney was just short pills to uh, Jamal.
2: <laughs> back, back, you remember pre helmets and stuff like that. I think there was an agreement, like the batters, the, the bowlers came out and they slogged right. Got out, you got out. Batters, bowlers just bowled at the stumps to one another and. Okay, if you bat it for a period of time, maybe you've got a short ball to say, Hey, hey, hey come on, let's be serious. <laughs> but um, nowadays with helmets and, and bowlers take their batting a lot more seriously. I like look at Stark and Cummins, they don't yeah. you know, even Hazelwood line, they you know, they get in line, you bowl short, they play the hook shot or the pull shot now, they they don't throw their wicket away. Um so the gentleman agreements, I you know, over the years I I had one with Sean Tate. Because I was scared. I would too. And <laughs> if we were going to bowl a bouncer, it had to be way outside our stuff nah. so you couldn't hit it. So, but yeah, there's a bit of that, but not anymore. Those days are done.
0: Yeah. Stu, the first test between Australia and the West Indies starts in Adelaide on Wednesday. Serious prediction is it just two nil Australia, and who do you see scoring the runs for Australia and taking the
2: wickets? Uh, I can't see Australia not losing this come up winning 2-0. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be... Um, if that doesn't happen and Weston take a test match off us or it, it's a draw, there'll be some rain or something like that or there'll be something really, really odd that happens. Um, Smith, Lavashay. I, I think Mitchell Marsh, in the middle order, he's been very dominant. And he's hitting the ball very cleanly. Um, if he gets a bat, um, you know, Kawaja. I can't see you, know, you can just name them all. I don't know, mate. It's, yeah. uh, it's pretty hard to sit here and say. We'll the they all up. look like they're in good nick. They all look like... I'd like to see him finish the Travis Head. He had a lean series playing in his home test. It'd be good to see him get some runs. Um, and then for the quicks, I think Mitchell Stark for me, if he gets it right, just that left arm in swing, I think he can, you know, he can be very very dangerous. And the other thing to remember, it's a day, day day game in Adelaide on a wicket that's usually pretty good for batting. And what does happen towards the end of the game, the ball does reverse. And if that does happen, Mitchell Stark just comes into his own. Yeah,
1: well, short form again, mate. Uh, big Bash we have we uh just about well getting to finals now. Um, the Heat have been outstanding. Scorchers uh, are still in there again. How do you see it all playing out on that space, mate?
2: Uh, heat a good are te- a really good team, actually. So they've had a, a reassurgence this year. Um, Perth, they just keep on keeping on. Um, they have some. They have a great sort of atmosphere and a crowd when they play at home. And I think they play the Sixers, whether it be tomorrow or today or tomorrow, or something like that. So that's a big game. So I think that's... Whoever wins that game will finish second and take on the heat who are going to finish first um obviously the other way they'll finish third and, and take on the strikers I think who are going to finish fourth but um look i it's a difficult one. you don't want to play Perth in Perth in the finals mm-hmm. that will be it that'll be hard work so um if it's brisbane v Perth in the major semi I think we want we want Brisbane to win because if you played Perth, they're almost impossible to beat over there, you know we don't you know. Well, they're if going to
1: be down happens. at Carrara too, aren't they, mate? Because their they're, they're, final is yeah, they're, Yeah,
2: they're, they're, but they're they just so good. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, difficult, but it's just so hard for teams that travel to play. But that said, Brisbane have got a really good team. Look, the Sixers, look, the other night against the Thunder, Stephen O'Keefe, um, for soccer, he's about 48 years old, but just <laughs> came on and, you know, he'll ring me now that I've said that, but <laughs> um, um, just came on and... Like, then someone said he's retiring. Maybe well, you could play for another ten years the way Sock's go. Yeah. Um, but look, there are a chance they've got a fairly decent team. They've got some good, you know, very, very experienced players in that team, and then uh, and then you know, the strikers maybe Matt Short. He was devastating again again last night. But there's a real gulf between the four best teams and probably the four not so good teams. You know, the Thunder included. They've been pretty disappointing again this year. So um, it'll be a good final series, which way you look at it. Um, but I hope Sydney Sixers or, uh, or well, I hope the Sydney Sixers win the whole season. Stu, uh, the regular season
0: concludes with the Stars versus Hurricanes tonight. Then the Thunder finishing on Wednesday versus the Renegades. Uh, three players I want to ask you about: uh, Aaron Finch, who's winding it up; Sean Marsh, who announced his retirement from all forms over the weekend; and David Warner's cameos so far, including the chopper on Friday night. Uh, your <laughs> thoughts on those three little storylines?
2: Uh Finch servant for the game, been a great he's a great of Finchie he, and he's had an unbelievably good career in short version cricket, was lucky to also play Test cricket. So um, I think he'll move nicely straight into the commentary box mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you'll hear his voice. Uh Mitchell Marsh, again sure super Marsh, player, yeah. very tal short short march, yeah. sorry. Uh super talented, played all the shots. Um I played in his debut from Western mm-hmm. Australia when he was seventeen and I think Mark War and Steve War played and, I think we he came in before lunch and we all walked off at lunch and went, oh this kid's not bad, um, and uh, he ended up you know playing whatever he played test cricket and has played you know, you know he's forty years old and played for twenty three years in the in the first class or domestic scene man he's he's a quality player quality guy and you know I think he'll go back and live the quiet life in Western Australia probably won't hear too much from Mitchell post uh, post his cricketing career. Uh, and David Warner, haven't times changed? A bit like Berkey back in the day yes, in rugby, no, getting around no, in helicopters. It's unfortunately for rugby, it doesn't exist anymore. It's now turned to cricket, and um, there was a good shot. Daniel Hughes, he arrived on one of those those yeah. bicycles, the, you know, the line uh, bikes. The, the line bike yeah, that you have to hire, right. you know, at eight bucks an hour or something like that. Um, <laughs> and David Warner turned up in a helicopter. How the world's changed, that's all I say. Yeah, for sure. Stu, good luck through the Test match
0: as far as your coverage goes. We'll look forward to catching up uh, with you as the week goes on. And uh, and thanks as always. Good on you, boys. You have a good day. Thanks, Stu. Stu Clark, former Test paceman and BSB cricket expert. Looking forward to it, Berkey, the West Indies and Australia starting on Wednesday in Adelaide. Again, the amount of sport we've got and the soundtrack to our summers. The tennis has started.
1: The cricket's on. It's always um, great, isn't always? it? Always, always great. And, and you get the variety, um, I think what the, the one of the points that um, that Stu mentioned there was Mitchell Stark, and, and mm-hmm. you know he can be he can be rocks and diamonds sometimes as well. You know, like he, he gets that new pill, yeah. and he's absolute diamonds. That in swinging Yorker that he plays, it, it it is literally unplayable. We've seen. You know, it starts outside off and just takes middle stump. Um, and, uh, you know, when they get going, um, it, it's quite incredible, that, that trio of fast bowlers. Pat Cummins says, hey, give me a go. I'll, I, the golden arm, I think they called it. Um, you know, quite incredible. And then Hazelwood. I mean, what he did in that last test match. Um, wicket, dot, wicket, dot, wicket, dot, wicket, dot. So it was just quite incredible. Yeah,
0: impressive stuff. And the day-night test is in Brisbane following the Adelaide Clash to start things up. Coming up after the news, Roger Rashid and Ali Mosley to wrap all things tennis and racing. It is approaching 7.30 Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast Summer Show, 7.39 Australian Eastern Daylight Time and 6.39 Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, a lot of rain around in New South Wales and Queensland and, and obviously drive safely and, uh, and and look after yourself if you are out on the roads, returning to work or driving around. Uh, a lot of tennis taking place today and we'll catch up with Roger Rashid coming up. Some results elsewhere though. The Socceroos 2-0 over India to start their Asian Cup on the weekend. Also in the Asian Cup overnight, Japan beat Vietnam 4-2 after Vietnam led 2-1. Uh, and tonight, Korea plays Bahrain in Group E, Indonesia versus Iraq, 1.30am tomorrow in Group D, also in Group E, Malaysia versus Jordan. In the Premier League, Manchester United and Tottenham drew 2-2 this morning. Uh, Tim Averna with an assist. Tottenham has scored in 33 successive Premier League games. Uh, Newcastle, two, were beaten by Manchester City, three. City up to second. And Everton, 0, Aston Villa, nil. Villa dropped to third. Uh, also over the weekend, Chelsea, one. Fulham, nil. And Burnley won Luton 1. In the big bash, Adelaide secured its final spot last night. Needed to win and did so by nine wickets at Monica Oval. Sydney Thunder 140 all out in the 20th over. Adelaide won. One hundred and forty-one, very comfortable. Twenty-three balls to spare. Alex Hales made forty-three for the Thunder. David Warner thirteen starts for a number of others, but nothing significant. Lloyd Pope four for twenty-two, and Jamie Overton three for twenty-six. Then Matt Short seventy-four not out, opening the batting off forty-nine balls, four sixes and four fours. Jack Weatherald unbeaten on forty-seven off thirty-one. Adelaide will face Perth or the Sixers in the elimination final on Saturday. The Scorchers and Sixers play tomorrow night. Tonight, it's the Stars and Hurricanes. The Thunder finish on Wednesday versus the Renegades. Uh, and continuing on, some of the scores in the NFL. Uh, the Houston Texans, 45-14 over the Browns. The Chiefs beat the Dolphins, 26-7 And in the NFL today. The Packers at the Cowboys. That's 8.30am across New South Wales and ACT. 730 across Queensland. And the Rams are at the Lions midday. ...throughout New South Wales, 11am throughout Queensland. The golf continuing. Keegan Bradley shares the lead with Grayson Murray, the overnight leaders. They're at 14 under after three holes. Burkey a very good morning to you. How are you? Good
1: morning, Will. I'm well. You've given us uh, every sport that's uh, around the world at the <laughs> moment. I love it. Um, Cam Davis tied for 47th at the moment at the Sunny Open... Uh, was uh, the leader on round one and, and um, has just dropped out, uh, uh, obviously, of contention for a couple. But uh, cracking day over there. Cracking day um, uh, over the weekend here in, in Sydney yeah, as so well. that was lovely, yeah. Um, pouring uh, today. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's still so much sport that goes around. Uh, it's interesting what um, uh, you were talking about uh, the NFL a second ago. Uh, heads up, boys. Uh, you yeah, know, they're building the new uh, joint over in America. Why don't you put a stadium, put, put a roof on it? You know, there's <laughs> yeah. some of these joints in America who had the capability of doing that. Yep. Uh, I, mean, I just saw some vision on, on one of the news sites there of the snow yeah. um, uh, with the Bills game. It's just quite incredible. Um, surely we're at that stage now where technology, we're better than that, you know what, yeah. what I mean? I know there's, there's there's playing in the elements. Yeah, and it's, um, you don't want to lose that in a lot of places,
0: do you? But so But from true. a franchise perspective, if you're building a stadium, uh today's one um the Lions are, are indoors the Cowboys are indoors yes. so um those two that are taking place the
1: Steelers and Bills has been pushed back a day because of that weather because of that weather but it goes to even like the tennis for example you know like you know the roof open down in retractable uh, retractable roof yeah absolutely um but you can get the conditions 40 odd degrees you yeah. know and and you know it's hotter on court so you've got to be fit enough strong enough mentally capable enough to to withstand that and uh and go now that that's That's one of the great things of sport is playing in the elements. But when it gets uh, so extreme, like some of that happens in the States, uh, you think, hang on. I mean, put the sphere, the the, the, the Vegas sphere, (laughs) just drop that billion dollar yeah. Stadium somewhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, great racing at Rose Hill on the weekend. Naval College, a good winner in the January Cup. And congratulations to everyone up on the Gold Coast with 25,000 attending Magic Millions Day. And Stormboy, a huge win. Congratulations also to Jason Maloney uh, retaining his world title. A great win uh, for Jason Mayhem Maloney in that Bantamweight world title defence. As we say, a very good morning to Roger Rashid to Talk All Things Tennis. Roger, good morning to you. The Sunday start, we love it in here. I certainly do. The extra day of tennis and just stretches things out. But um, the crowds responded. The tennis was good. How are
3: you? Yeah, well, yeah, it was. It was a it was a big day of tennis. It was a great anticipation, and uh, they turned up in numbers. There were about fifty eight thousand for the day schedule, and then then we obviously had the night schedule that took place, and and that was full as well. So. Uh, yeah, an extra day, an extra day of excitement, and there was there was nothing short of it. I mean, I had I did two Aussies that went five sets, so I sat there and did about almost ten hours of uh, ten hours of commentary on two matches, which was uh, extraordinary. So three Australians got uh, had five set uh, five set matches. A couple went out, um and Jason Kubler and also Adam Walton, who was uh, Kubler was late at night. Um, against Gallon and uh from Columbia seven seven six in the fifth, ten eight in the tie break. and that was a absolute roller coaster ride from start to finish for both players, spectators, uh, you know, the coaching teams and um and and all of us really, because you couldn't really predict it and Chris O'Connell came from two sets to one down and um and, and got through against uh, Christian Garin, the number uh, so, and looks now he'll play potentially Ben Shelton, the number 16 seat. So, a lot of theatre, a lot of drama. The Aussie fans got out there and supported the Australians extremely, uh, really strong. And um, you know, and, and, and well on John Kane Arena, Dane Sweeney, who was a, it was a qualifier, was his fourth time playing in qualifying. Uh, took on Surundalo, and that was, again, another five-set match. And um, so, yeah, the Aussies got their... They got value for money if they bought a ticket to come to come to the Australian Open and watch, their, watch the locals.
1: What about, uh, Roger, what about uh, Novak? Uh, four sets, did he expect that last night?
3: Uh, we never do. Your expectations are that the opponent will play, you know, will play at their best in the sense that they, they get to play freely. And uh, when you've got a qualifier in... Prismic and, you know, he's 18 years of old, of age, you walk on the Rod Laver arena and he, he would have been able to get a hit on that or so it wouldn't have, you know, he would have had a, a feel of what it looked like, but not when you're playing someone like Novak up the other end and, and on the on his home court, really. Um, so you go out there, you know, you're ready, um, you're alert, but you're expecting probably, probably a younger player to be a little over at time and not be able to keep a level, but Wow, did he keep a level? He was extraordinary, really. Um, and again, I didn't see the whole match because I was commentating at the same time on on Jason Kubler. But um, what I did see through the monitor, and then I had a look at um, you know portions of it throughout the through when I when I got home as well. And um, really, really athletic, um, really prepared to take uh, the opponent on. Being Novak, he was able to stand up to him. He was uh, he had good artillery off the back of the court. Very determined, stayed in the moment. Uh, you know, played the points on their merits, and and wasn't wasn't really put off by the fact that he was playing Novak on, in such a big arena. And sometimes playing in a big arena when you're young, um, it's very hard to get your find your sort of to to calibrate and find your central central position. So, uh, yeah, extremely impressive. And when Novak gives you uh, the praise and and credit for your tennis ability and also your mental capacity to compete. Uh, I think that's a massive ticket of approval. So we'll be watching him, qualified Croatian. Um, uh, we'll just be watching what his progress is now. But the first three sets took three hours and uh, really enjoyed the variety, the way the, uh, the young Croatian played. We roll on really
0: quickly, certainly for the first few days. Matches all over the place. Today, I'm keen to get your thoughts. Uh, and who do you think wins? We've got two all-Australian matches in the men's side of the draw. Alexi and taking on Mark Polmans and Alexander Vukic taking on Jordan Thompson. Who do you see winning those two?
3: Uh, look, I like Alexi. I mean, he's he's you know he started the year last year pretty strong, finished off really really strong, and got himself inside the top fifty, so um, or thereabouts, top fifty five. So you know he, that's a, that's a really quality um, that's a quality year, and he hasn't jumped out of the box yet so far in 2024. But uh, you know that so so I will go Alexi in that in that match over five sets, and and I think Jordan's just got um, he's just got a little bit. Of, too much experience, I think, you know, so he's been here, he's played played well and he plays well in Australia, great competitor, he's got the, got the variety, I think, Vucic's, um, you know, he's going he's to walk on the court believing he can beat Jordan, but I just feel like at the moment, uh, Jordan's probably the one with the experience at the Australian Open, so uh, with a possible meeting of uh, number seven seed, uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas, who's Who's playing second match on Rod Laver Arena? First match is Coco Golf, and uh, so it's a it's a you know it's a highlights reel really when you when you're looking at the mm-hmm. the schedule. There's there's just a lot of quality on court. It's the continuation of um of of the first of the top half of the men's draw, bottom half of the of the women's draw, and um yeah so it's just you know, it's littered with quality matches.
1: What about our newest number ten in the world, demon Moore, coming up against Milos Reinic. Uh We know what he can do. Big serving Canadian. Uh, has he got uh, some kind of firepower to upset Dimon or is his speed and strength and stamina going to be his key tonight? Uh, well,
3: what you mentioned was the key, big serving Canadian. So, so, and generally that's the that's where his game's built. So it's always been built around that. Um, you know, he, he needs to find a lot of free points. Uh, you know, you, you want about, you want one, one to two free points per game. That's generally what... Um, Milos Raonic was relying on when he was playing in his prime. There was at least a couple of free points on his service games. Obviously, as he got to the pointier end of the tournament and played the returners like Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, um, or you know all all the the better, higher quality players in the top ten, they were able to get racket on ball and get more balls back into play. So, can he serve? Can he serve out five sets of tennis again right now against someone like uh the demon who's actually in in the career best form? I don't think so he's trying to come back and uh regain some stability on the tennis tour of Milos. and so you know and his body his body doesn't really hasn't been taken too well to the grind of the tennis tour of late, which is disappointing because you know he's he's a damaging damaging player when he's on the court so no i th- I think they look there potentially could be a hot set. Uh, from Milos, but well, I can't see Milos, I don't have a, uh, yeah, I've got, I can't have an argument for him for winning three sets yeah. out, of, out of the five um, on Rod Laver.
0: Rog Keane, to get a, a, a bit of a quick tip on a couple of other key matches uh, taking place today, uh, Daniel Medvedev takes on French qualifier Terence Mane from midday, is that a 3-0 win for Medvedev?
3: Yeah, you'd think so. You know, when you when you qualify, you're seeing the ball really well. You're you're pretty happy with yourself, and you're excited to be in the main draw. Can you then go out and and you know and and take it like we saw from Primsic you know, last night? Um, yeah, he's a fr- look the Frenchman's free flying tennis player. They're they're always talented. They're ambitious. Medvedev's probably just too competitively solid. All, all around the tennis courts, so I don't think he lets that he, he lets that one slip, mm-hmm. uh, slip at all. I think it'll be yeah, I think it'll be a comfortable match. And then
0: uh, Orja Aliassim against Dominic Team, as well as Carolina Garcia and Naomi Osaka. Who wins those two?
3: Yeah, so they're, they're two popcorn matches, aren't they? Dominic Team's a, a major champion, so I'm going to go. You know, I like Dominic Team because he's you know, it's I I haven't liked what Felix has been you know, has done over the last six months I think his, his tennis has been well 12 months really his tennis has been a little erratic and I don't think he's quite found his tennis identity on the court yet so we'll be interested to see so but you know but it could go either way but I think but I'm, I'm, I'll lean slightly with Dominic and uh I will go Garcia Osaka is a beauty I'm mm-hmm. really looking forward to sitting down and, and watching this I saw Osaka in Brisbane I liked what I saw saw Garcia in Adelaide um Oh, it was it was a rollercoaster ride for for Garcia. Didn't play her, her best tennis at all. So she's you know she's been a little bit of tennis wilderness. Struggled a little bit. She's she's come out and said she struggled um, last year and, and to to find her her tennis and um, spent the off season in the Antarctic actually to try and do something a little bit different. So I'll, I I will lean it? with, yeah, she did something different. So I'll, I'll lean with a Osaka I think on that one as well. So that won't be an upset though, even mm. though uh Garcia is a 16 seed that's you know there're essentially two seeds playing each other in the, in the first round if you if you know what I mean with the quality of Osaka so high quality tennis and i think you know it was fantastic last night as well guys we had uh, you know Andre Agassi and Ash Barty they came out and 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 brought out the uh the 2 championship uh, trophies so you know on labor Arena great to have Andre in town you know for a couple of days and uh, you know the current players love uh, the former champs walking around when they, when they turn up. And, you know, just to, you know, because there is history, the, a lot of the current players watch the former champions play, know their story, uh, their journey, the, you know, the trials, and, you know, that they've had to go through as well through, through their careers. So it's always great to see that, our, you know, our champions are floating around Melbourne Park.
1: And with that, on the, on the women's side, those presence on the court last night, Sabalenka and uh, Zachary last night were uh, enormous.
3: Yeah, Sam of like, you know, she she went out she had to come out late because of, you know, uh because of Novak and, you know, when, I mean Novak made a made a statement that he you know, when he, he saw he saw Andre there and and um and hit a forehand winner and uh and, and thought of Andre and uh and said something and then and then he then he lost three games in succession. So uh you know he didn't he didn't blame Andre. Yeah, probably couldn't blame him, but uh he you know, he just said he was, you know, his presence in the room and, and the play, and the great players feel it. I remember Roger just always talking about having you know who was sitting you know sitting up there in the in the in the in the boxes watching I know Leighton Hewitt was always you know very aware of of what sporting uh, talent and champions were sitting in the crowd watching at the Australian Open you know because they wanted to play well in front of them that was uh, a you know sort of got him got him up a little bit too especially in those early rounds and Sabalenka I thought did a great job she went out Late after Novak and, and went to town and, and uh, got it done really quickly, so there was nothing nothing lost there. So yeah, the tennis was the tennis was pretty hot early, which was which was fantastic. But, you know, it's it's interesting on the first day. yet Sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. We got a combination of uh, real high quality tennis on on Rod Laver on the outside course. We were able to, we got some five set matches, so the fans got to see it up close and personal. And um, so yeah, it was a it was a great start to the Australian Open with you know with a, with a full house.
0: Rog, always appreciate your time. We look forward to catching up tomorrow. Enjoy today. Thanks, boys. Ali Mosley from Sky Racing joins us. A massive weekend up on the Gold Coast. Ali was there with Sky Thoroughbred Central. Naval College winning the January Cup at Rose Hill. But, Ali, uh, a lot of eyes on Storm Boy's impressive win in the two-year-old classic. Good morning to you. How was the weekend?
4: Uh, good morning, Will. My voice is just starting <laughs> to come back. So <laughs> it's been a long week. Oh, yes, well, for a long for
0: sure. 10
4: days, I suppose. A lot of fun. But... Um, it was super. That, that horse is a serious cult. And I think we haven't even seen the finished product yet. He's still raw. He's still got furnishing to do. He's a big, impressive-looking animal. You know, as, as Gay said, he looks like a four-year-old when he walks around. So I think we haven't even seen the best of him. And he is a class two-year-old. It was great to see Hippo back. It was a really big win back for him riding winners. And um, the whole day was just phenomenal.
1: Mm. Talk us through the dramas of uh, through the three-year-old guineas.
4: So basically what happened was the the horses got out there and um, they took a a little while to load them and then one went fractious. Um, And it then in turn set Sydney Bowler off because he can be a little bit funny in the barriers as it is. So it's always a domino effect if one goes off around them and he just unfortunately just went basically up and then down. And, you know, it's just that ultimate situation you don't want to get into where they do get cast but underneath the barriers. So... They backed all the horses out, sent them back to the mounting yard, and then basically were given this this task of getting him out as safely as possible. Because you have always got that situation where you don't want the horse to. He was in shock, so it, it was probably a good thing because when they are in shock, they really save their energy and just just stop and stay really still. So they did sedate him as well because he was essentially in this this spot that was that you know looked. To the eye, as though it was really going to be tricky to get him out of there. So all the barrier attendants and, and the South from the Gold Coast Turf Club did a phenomenal job. I know everyone, you know what everyone's like on Twitter. They all like to say that the delay was was no good, but the job that they did to get him out of there, they put the whole barriers apart, they kept him today. That they got him back on the float and then straight to the hospital. Uh, it's, it's a credit to them because he was really in a sticky position. So that essentially, then because because of that and then because of the fact they then had to use their backup barriers because they dismantled their set of barriers and then their backup barriers weren't big enough and they had to put them together. Essentially they were, they were doing everything as, as quickly as, the, as they could. So I think they have, they cop it as, as everyone does and everyone's got an opinion on Twitter but I think they did a great job in the in the circumstances, and the horse is okay. So that is the biggest takeaway.
0: Ali, uh, any other horses that caught your eye on the weekend? Some great racing, and obviously plenty to to mull over over the future. But who who have you got your eye on most?
4: Uh, I thought the the whole day was great. King of Sparta was phenomenal. He's just become a real Gold Coast specialist up here, and. Um, the two year olds, I think it's going to be decent two year old form coming through. And I sort of was with Highness the whole way through. And I, I don't want to be positive. I was just about two year olds so far, but I think Highness uh, was hitting the line well enough and just came up against the better ones. So I think Highness will still win another big race. So we'll follow him. And then I'm going to get stuck back into watching all my replays from mm. Sydney on Saturday and hopefully find some black bookers out of there.
0: Good on you, Ali. Always appreciate it. Uh, we'll look forward to catching up later in the week. Thanks, guys. Ali Mosley there from Sky Racing. After the break, Ken Wallace, the deputy chef de mission for Australia's Paris 2024 Olympic Games team, we look forward to catching up with Ken to hear how things look over the next six months. But also with a Youth Olympic starting in Gangwon later this week, and plenty more of your heroes and villains on 272 or the open line on 135353. It is 8am across New South Wales and the ACT, and 7am in Queensland.